where probabilities cannot be estimated for possible alternative outcomes. And I said that this is not the case of risk. Risk, to some extent, can be measured, and we can also provide alternatives or other suggestions around it. And we also try to make a case for reasons why probabilities cannot be easily estimated or calculated under uncertainty. And I said lack of knowledge is number one. When you don't have a good understanding of an issue at hand, it will be very difficult for anyone to project or to suggest any possible alternative outcomes. Two is probably you don't have a perfect information. You have a poor or imperfect information regarding an issue. The data that you have cannot be verified. The data you have that cannot be relied upon. So when you have all of that, there is no way you can have a good probability calculations that will now result into other possi possible alternative uh, outcomes. So those are, you know, or probably a situation where you have an or a behavior that is not systematic enough, that cannot be subjected to standardization, a behavior that cannot be proven. You know, you have all of that, you know, also, you know, an issue regarding uncertainty, you know. So from there, and I said that so many authors have talked about the risk and uncertainty. We have the likes of Ajite and you. We have Adehu Chelsea. We have BME. Uh, look how uh, contents we also have Ogumba. All of these people have also worked around risk, but in different ways. And I also say that uh, we have risk and uncertainty is also happening in health sector. We can have it in maritime sector. We can have it in legal profession. We can have it in any form of profession that you might think of, you know, any kind of professional engagement that you have. Risk is everywhere. There, but our ability to manage them is all that matters at the end of the day. Now, I now said from there that we have risk classifications. We have risk management. We have risk reporting. Now, there is no any standard way of classifying risk anywhere in the world. No, the reason why we say that is that what might be risk to number A might not be the same thing to number B. So that's why I said there is no way we can have a standard risk classification anywhere in the world. Depending on the aspect or the angle you are perceiving it from, that is where you can ask, okay, your own risk classification can be this or can be that. We have what you call downside and upside risk. Downside and upside risk. If you say downside risk, what, what if you say upside, what do you mean by downside risk? Is the risk of an actual return being below the expected return? You know, and that's exactly what the risk is all about. You know, you have an expectation, but your expectation cannot match, but I mean, the result or the outcome cannot match your expectation. So downside risk is the risk of actual return being below the expected return. Or simply put as a certainty about the magnitude of that difference. What I mean by that is that you have an issue of a certainty, you know, which the magnitude of the difference between what will happen and what will not happen. You know, once you have that happening and you cannot quantify it, you cannot measure it, it's also referred to as a downside risk. I take it again, downside risk 
you know, of course, where we have an actual return, you know, being below the expected return. Now, where and a typical example of that is that when you have an investment in housing or in real estate, at the end of the year, your house or your return on that investment is supposed to be five million naira, you know, in the whole of the apartment. But at the end of the day, what is coming to you is around 3.5, 3.7. What happens to the balance of 1.5? What happens to the balance of 1.3? You know, you know, things around risk will have resulted you not be able to achieve your expectation of 5 million, but they are now having something below that 5 million. Then some element of risk has come in, has set in. Then your ability to really identify those things that went wrong into in that investment, you know, you can classify them, you can classify your risk. The reason why you are classifying your risk at the end of the day is to ensure that those things will not reoccur. But I tell you, there is no way they will not reoccur. It's how best you can mitigate them, how best you can reduce them, you know, to foster future occurrence. That is um, downside risk. Now, what's an upside risk? Upside risk focuses on the on certain positive returns rather than negative returns. You can see it focuses more on positivity than the negativity. Mm -hmm. And that is where we talk of opportunity. You know, as we are talking about, a lot of people will have lost income, will have lost jobs, employment, jobs creation, and all of that. But I can still bet you, in the midst of this coronavirus crisis across the world, some people have benefited. Some people never knew they can become super rich or mega rich in life. But that crisis has brought up some opportunities for them. Who can give me an example of such a profession today that have benefited from that crisis? Health care. Yes, health sector, generally. Health sector have really benefited seriously along that value chain. What other profession can we say have benefited from the, 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 the risk of the coronavirus? Technology companies. Sorry? Technology. Tech. Technology company, you said? Technology Yes. This thing that we are doing today, this lecture that we are having today, are you getting it now? Science and technology have also benefited immensely. Because this lecture narrowly was supposed to be gathered somewhere and receive these classes. The data everybody is using, if you need to quantify it in terms of uh, financial or monetary, there is a whole lot. You know, so that is also an upside risk for some people because there are certain positive returns are scammed to them rather than much of uh, negative. Again, it is not as if that pos positive return is so certain we put it as uncertain, but more than the negative uh, aspect, you know. So if, if you also look at uh, 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 industries that are worse hit in terms of these um, uh, uh, crisis of uh, pandemic, what example can we say? Educational sector. How? Because it affected the um, the students, including the lecturer. 
But it's not affecting you now. You are still receiving your lectures and you like about to start the exam. So what are you saying? Started the lecture maybe later, I mean early this year, since the pandemic started. And that, that one is general, is is global. You know, it's not as if it's um, it, it's uh, Nigerian issues alone. It's all over, it's global. But fine, it affected educational sector because most of the academic uh, programs were unable to continue as expected. Okay, yes, number one, educational sector. What other sector can we support? The patient sector. And in what way, please? Because I'm. Um, Who is this? Lockdown. So, which means no going out and coming in of any airline to the countries. So, so, is it in terms of their financial uh, returns or in what way can we say that uh, it affected the patient sector? It affects um, the income now, income of the aviation sector. It didn't talk of uh, employment uh, generation, uh, employment okay. loss. Yes. It's also affected. Who is this? Is this the Akeji Modino? Yes, sir. Okay, I just wanted to know. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Okay, so that is okay. You guys that are into real estate sector, are you saying that we in real estate sector we are not worth it? Commercial sector. Ah, you are even differentiating between commercial and residential or industrial. So, in what way is commercial sector affected, sir? Is this Mr. Uh, Taiwo? No, no, no. No, this is part of the This is who? What's the name? Mr. This is Ajewole. Mr. Ajewole, what? Martin, Martin. Okay, Mr. Adi Wale Martin, that's the class governor. Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead, Adi Wale Martins. In what way has it affected commercial real estate sector? Boy, the office spaces is, is, is very high because of uh, the idea of teleworking that is being currently um, having its way into the Okay, so that means that uh, you can actually you can actually work remotely without having to rent an apartment to carry out your your your, your professional engagement. Is that what you are saying? Yes, sir. Okay. So are we saying that it does not affect the real estate, uh, residential sector or industrial sector? Hello, sir. <coughs> Hello, I'm asking. Hello. Because it's not a rent default now from tenants. Seeing hiding under the COVID nineteen pandemic, so because of that, their income has reduced, or they are not even getting anything at all. Hmm. So, and you know, if tenants don't get income, now law will not get rent. So hmm. it affects the all what real estate sector, sir. It's okay. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Adewale Martins. Okay, um, on the on the parts of the professionals, you are not talking of um, 
estate managers or property managers that are also managing uh, that property. You only talk of um, landlord and tenants. How can we say the risk of this pandemic has also affected with the practitioners? Uh, well, it has affected us in many ways. For example, as I was saying earlier, mm. if there is no rent from a tenant, definitely landlord will not get a return and property manager too will not get his, uh, his fee from the property mm. under, my, under his or manager. So, mm. and also, um, the other aspect is, um, I think it also affects the valuation. Okay. It affects valuation a lot. Simply, simply because, uh, simply because the, the 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 financial market is have not really set to mm. to advance loan and basically valuation usually come in for the borrower when the uh, people you know approaching financial institution to get loan and use uh, my anyway, like market I, loan use the proper data. yes I I appreciate your so, your participation Mr Adewale Matis. You see, we can now say or conclude that uh, in as much as every profession have experienced one hit or the other concerning the, the pandemic, but I can also still tell you that uh, there are some other professionals or profession that are also enjoying what is happening across the globe. So that is to say or to balance the fact that risk can be an opportunity, it can also be a loss at the end of the day. That's just one thing I would like us to take out of this class today. You know, that is not in all cases that we report risk and we report loss. We can say risk, we can say opportunity, we can say we can we, we can say um, uh, different um, alternative approaches to resolving issues. You see, when you don't have challenges or you don't have issues before you, there is no way you want to think out of the box. And that's the more reason why the robbers, I'm sorry to say this, they will say, I did could love you already. You know, we begin to have some issues, some crises here and there, but the ability to really stand by and, you know, bring up, you know, some solutions regarding it. And that is when you can appreciate uh, uh, the risk and uncertainty we are talking about. So we are going to be talking of uh, risk classification, we are going to be talking of risk management. Uh, we have been talking of uh, risk in housing, risk in housing. So do you think there are ways or better ways of managing this risk? What is even management? Who can define what management is before you can talk of risk management? What is management? So we want to manage an issue. We want to manage this issue we have been talking about since. What is management? What is management? Hello, class. Hello, sir. Yes. What is what is management? Management can be even from yeah. Can be defined as a directing, supervising, controlling an affair. Thank you very much. I love that. You quickly went through your estate management. Uh, what's your background? <laughs> estate management, sir. 
so I love I love that. <laughs> so it's, it's okay. Who else wants to try? Okay, we can look at uh, management, like she really said, in terms of you planning for something. You try to organize something. You try to lead or direct an affairs or control an affairs. You know, in an organization or anywhere you find yourself. Even as it can also be defined as an effort for the purpose of accomplishing a particular goal. You know, what are those efforts you put on the table for you to achieve your ultimate goal at the end of the day? In all of this put together, you know, in terms of your financial resources, human capital, technological, as well as natural resources, all of this put together for you to achieve your main business objective or your main business target so that is what we call um, you know management you know so are we now saying that uh, before you venture into a particular investment that you have not or you don't usually consider or factor in the issue of managing that investment could we say that um, as one of the possible ways of um, you know having risk issues in most of the things that we do is it because you don't take management of that investment into consideration? The class is no more that is no more participatory, it's not more interactive, and I'm not happy. Hello. Hello. Sorry, sir. Um someone wasn't getting the question you earlier said no. You may I should repeat the question? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. What? 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 Hello. Who can Who can help me? What I said regarding management and the question I posed. Who can help us? Hello. Uh, I said, does it mean hello, that before we venture, I'm I'm repeating the question now. Listen to me. I said that um, before we venture into a particular housing investment or whatever investment, is it that we don't usually consider or take into consideration the management process of that investment? We just jump into it. Would it be that um, that is the reason why we have risk issues? I'm asking that question. No, sir. Okay. Hello, I'm I'm listening to you. What was your point? Is that Mr. Adewale? Yeah, this is Adewale. Uh, what I can okay. what I can say, mm. uh, of course, uh, as I say, the best store, and not mm. even other best store. Everybody, the risk is part of life. So, mm. uh, it has um, to be considered in the cost mm. of developing a.
Okay, another person wants to try. I'm listening to you. We are listening. Yeah, uh, I like to disagree with what Matt has just said. Uh, who is this? What's the name? No, my name is Fulani Madandola. Fulani Madandola? Madandola. Hello? Hello, I'm with Fulani Madandola. Madandola, okay. Yes. So, um, this is what I think. Um, like you rightly said, I mean, one risk poses is opportunities and um, losses. They are both dead. But it's now up to whoever is picking up a venture to decide that, look, I want to identify this risk. And that's where the issue of management comes in. It's always there. Yes. So it's a yes and a no question. The risk is always there. The risk will contribute to it, but the management will also contribute to it. Because also, whoever is thinking of the venture to identify and find a way to control this risk, that's where the issue of planning comes in. Okay, I also I also want to uh, a bit differ in your own position as well too, uh, because if you say that um, if you are trying to venture into an investment and you want to identify the possible risk, fine, it is an assignment, it is an engagement that you want to identify those risks. But there are some risks that you may not prepare for ab initio, you know, that you may not even foresee that it may likely occur, but at the end. You find yourself in that kind of experience. And now I cite an example. How many of us are familiar with Ogun State? Hi, sir. Yes, sir. Hi, sir. Okay. Okay. You see, if you go through Ishagamu Papalancho Road, Ishagamu, by, that's by interchange. If you are going to Abekuta, Answer is, is this a Palanto Road? Yes, sir. Some few years back, some few years back, there are some real estate organizations or companies that came there and invested heavily around 2010, 2011, 2006, 2007. They went into that corridor to invest by acquiring large expansive plan for their real estate investment, for their housing investment. But today, that axis is like a ghost zone. I was there some few weeks, some two weeks ago, and I shed tears. I cried over some investments that have gone daring. Investment was several billions of naira, but today, I can bet you that you hardly find life in that axis. You could see or find that the housing estates are also turned into abandoned projects. Nothing to showcase the magnitude of capital, human resources, financial that have gone into some kind of investment. And what happened? They did not foresee a particular risk. And these are the risks that at times you may not even foresee. But unfortunately, if I were the one, do you know you have some government policies that are also anti-investment? Yes, sir. Definitely. Hello? Yes. yes so, sir. at times you try to factor in government policy. Government policy can be positive, can be negative at times. Now, today, that axis has gone into something else. Nothing is thriving there anymore. 
and because of one singular risk factor. And what is that risk factor? The government of Ogun State went there and acquired those land, those uh, 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 that, that corridor. They have about 1.5 kilometer corridor, acquisition corridor there. And that's it. what does that mean? It means that government now is the owner of those land along that corridor. So if you have bought from the traditional landowners before, before your investment, then you have to come back to government for you to be accommodated. That is if that, those lands or those large acres of land is also not committed. If government says that they have their commitment on those lands, so that means that you can't go near it. Government says that they have more uh, investment options to make use of those land for. So definitely your presence there is not welcome. But at times, government of that day can still come back and say, well, there's no serious commitment to using those land. We can accommodate people that want to you know, come in onto our, into our land. And this is where the land you've either bought from the traditional native landowners, which is some of money. And government is now saying that you should come back and also come and buy with them. First and foremost, even though we have got to your CFO, that acquisition has rendered CFO useless. It means that it has been revoked indirectly, except if the acquisition process can be void in the court of law, except if such acquisition, notices of acquisition was not properly served, then we can begin to talk of uh, litigations there. But supposing if all of those things are put in place, you have no choice. You just be claiming that, ah, but before you bought, I went to conduct my land information, I went to conduct my land dating. Information says the lands in question were free for, from any encumbrances or from any no government uh, acquisition. That was then. But government can wake up any day and say, oh, they have the need for such kind of land along that corridor. And they declare that place acquired. They bring out their gazette, they bring out of their, all, all of their documents to showcase before the, the court of law that they thought these things were done. So now, what do you have to say? As an housing expert, will you say that before you venture into such kind of investment, you do not table some possibilities of having some uh, roadblock somewhere? You know, you must have considered so many things: financial, uh, 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 financial institutions, wala, palaba, the risk of inflation, the economic risk, the social risk, you know, the physical risk. You can talk of, you can name them different types of risks, but that aspect of government policy risk was not properly taken care of. You know, even though you might envisage it, but eventually it came to be. What would you have to say in that circumstance as an housing expert? So I want to throw it open for us to participate in that um, a little uh, debate. If you find yourself in that position, what will you do as an housing expert? Over to you, class. Are we there? Hello, sir. Hello, sir. I'm Hello, with you, sir. Where? Well, the... Yes, we are here. The only thing is a part of the that can happen is nothing because the land is acquired by government and uh, by virtue of uh, what we have in Nigeria today, which is the land you have. When government to acquire mm. land, yeah, there's no compensation simply because there's any improvement on the land. 
Except if there is a movement, that's when I cannot speak for compensation. At least I I I, I follow the right channel to get the land. And as an investor, there is a movement and I can lobby and I can also make sure that I get compensation for the development. Even the land well, that's another thing that you have brought in into this uh, discussion, compensation matters. But, but uh, if government says that, um, you know, the family owners have been uh, well compensated, and these are the same family, or the same traditional landowners that you had either to pay their money. Are you getting it now? So what what do you have to say in that regard? I actually think uh, Hello, I can't hear you, sir. Okay, I actually think um, people should go out to buy again from the government. Okay. Given that it's a real estate investment, I believe it will still upset uh, the cost eventually, and uh, it can only take a longer time in their cash flow. But I think that's the way forward. But that is if that's the risk, if that's the only thing affecting the investment. Ah, I didn't get you. Can you come? Can you go over what you have just said again? And I think people should go and buy again from the government or do whatever they need to do, whether ratify the titles. Because this is an irrelated investment, mm. it's likely that it will appreciate in value on the costs or the extra costs. And I said that is if that's the only risk wrong with that business, I think it's easy. So. Okay, I, I will tell you. Okay, you have a, okay. Let me also let me quickly come in there, uh, Mr. Adi, Mr. Adebi. Um, you have your position, but I, I, before you go to government, have you thought of one that your own real estate um, uh, investors too, you know, people that want to benefit from your investment, people that want to buy into your project, the fact that they had or they are aware of government's um, position regarding that access, do you think they want to come and also? You know, subscribe to your to your project. That's another. Hello, Mister Tibi. Yes, I'm posting that. I think the way on the part of the government is okay. That okay, government by virtue of land use decree 1978 is fine. Now, for them now, for the real estate investors to now go to the government and say it's accommodators, the money that they're going to pay to the government, is it not going to come from their subscribers? And these are subscribers that already step back to say that, ah, this is an estate investment that is already encumbered. They will not want to go ahead and subscribe into it. Do you, do you think of that before you answer that question? Yes, because my criteria, like I said, if it's a really viable investment, I think they will go on because that I said, if that's the only risk, if the risk of the government is the only risk wrong with that investment, and it's, and that means if it's a really viable one, I think I think they may go on. 
I'm still saying this that the the, the the fact that they will go to the government is it not money that they will take to the government to pay and get accommodation? Okay, where would they where would, would they get that money from if their subscribers are not forthcoming, particularly when they are aware of the fact that government is seated on that land? You see, if you are trying to balance things up, I think uh, we should also part of the thing that we also need to talk about is sensitization. How people, how uh, society will get to know that, oh, we are quite aware, or you can even do jingles or do some uh, some uh, noise making on the radio or in the air or in the social media to say that, yes, fine, governments are requires also largest parts of land up to, up to Info, up to Papalanto, up to Ilaro, and the rest of Ibishi and the rest of them. But that government is ready to accommodate us with the investors. So by the time you have all of that, and all of that is also eating deep into your costs as a real estate uh, yes, investors. You know, you have all of these things. Don't forget where we are, we are, we, we, we are coming from is the fact that your return in terms of expectation is below, I mean, your actual uh, expectation is below, I mean, your, your, your future expectation is you cannot be meet up. You can't meet up your future expectation. You know, what your actual is not below your expect, you expected, your expectation. So now, now in that case, that you are now having issues to spend more money, to pay the government to go on here, to convince people and all of that. So in that instance, then definitely your future expectation is way far, far below your actual return at the end of the day. So now I just want us to appreciate that aspect that as a real estate investor, please let this one also be like a clarion call, a, an experience that you have such that whatever, hello, am I there? Yes, sir. Okay, okay so, so now whatever we want to negotiate with the traditional landowners or the traditional native landowners will be such that your negotiation your, your, your negotiation skill is well established knowing fully well that you can put that as part of the clause that yes we are buying this land from you and we are paying this so much if perhaps in the future that government comes in and say they want to acquire this access you should not present yourself as somebody that will collect the compensation from the government when the time comes. Because that compensation ordinarily is supposed to be paid to the new property owners. But you know, government wants to deal with the rule of title. They want to deal with the so-called the native land owners. So you can also have that as part of your contract of sale, as part of your terms of condition. Because at the end of the day, you will have lost money by paying to them, and the compensation of that land may not also come to you as the new property owners. So those are issues. And I ask again that the risk management that we are trying to define, which is a formal orderly process for systematically identifying, analyzing, and responding to risk events throughout the life of a project to obtain your optimum degree of return. Risk management, again, can also be looking or be defined as a scientific approach of identifying, anticipating, and minimizing the possible adverse impact on the project, on any project that you have. 
risk management can also serve to be a set of processes concerned with conducting risk management planning, risk identification, risk analysis, response to those planning and monitoring as well as control of the project. So those are risk management. Risk management, like I said again, is concerned with you planning, with you identifying the risk, with you analyzing the risk, with you responding to the risk, with you monitoring it, and with you also controlling it. Are we there? Yes. So we have planning, we have identification, we have analysis, we have response to it, we have monitoring it, and we also have a control to it. So that is um, that is that. Who can define what risk management is? Ah, my student, you guys are not talking. What is risk management from what I've just said now? What is risk management? Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Your name, sir? My name is Ayori Jolopa. Ayori Jolopa. Yes, sir. Okay. Basically, risk management. Sir? Go ahead, sir. All right, sir. Risk management planning, identifying or identification, analysis, responses, and monitoring of risk. As well as, as well as, as control. control. As well as control. Is it okay? Thank you so much, Mr. Oloba. Okay, having said that, now for risk classifications, we can talk of technologic risk, technological risk, we can talk of environmental risk, we can talk of economic risk, we can talk of political risk. Now, under technological risk, how can we place technology in the context of housing production? How can technology affect our production? Housing, housing production, I mean. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Mr. Martins, Yes. Yes. Uh, well, technology uh, can affect, uh, uh, for example, now we like to go to the area of uh, uh, smart house produ smart housing production and uh, greenhouse production. Um, mm. uh, for example, if we want to achieve massive uh, housing development with the mm. help of technology, can be achieved at very short, short, very, uh, very possible short time. Why? Mm. Uh, when in the absence of technology, we all know that it can take years before we can achieve that. Mm. Uh, I, I would like to go into aspect of the elasticity of supply of uh, mm. uh, housing. So, uh, like yes. uh, the scholars are asked, we can actually achieve. Hmm. Hello? Hello, Mr. Joe Go ahead. Uh, 
scholars have argued that though supply of housing is a uh, 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 it's it, it inelastic. Okay. But at the same time, the elasticity can still be achieved in terms of reducing the time frame through technology. Okay. Yes, anyway, uh, I, I would love that you bring all of this into a layman understanding, put it like a scenario and all that. But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, at least you have really made a, a point. You know what technology can do for us is that it can shorten the time of production. It can enhance. Auto, it can enhance automation. You know it can enhance uh, means of um, facility management. It can enhance transportation. It can enhance convenience and all of that. Now, have you heard of environmental risk? Environmental yes, risk. Yes, have we heard of environmental risk? Yes, sir. Okay, environmental risk in terms of uh, contamination. Okay, I I want to share this experience that I had some few years ago around Akoka. How many of us knows the uh, chemist bus stop in Akoka on your way to Bariga from on your way from Bariga to Inila? You know, you know that the total that is a total finish station. I just sent uh, Access Bank at that chemist bus stop. I'm familiar with Saint Finbar's Road. Yeah, that's the road I'm referring to. Immediately that's the road. Yes, sir. Immediately I'm after Saint Finbar's, you have this uh, total finish station to your right. And uh, this uh, access bank to your left, attack Koka. Anyway, let me sh let me share my experience there. The environmental risk I'm trying to point out there is that uh, some three or four years ago, there was a reported issue of contamination of water, water contamination around that. At, um, uh, total channels because because of the location of that filling station, their uh, uh, petrol have con contaminate con uh, have contamination issues with the underground water that affected most of the streets along that uh, Akoka. Such that for you to even dig a bowl becomes an issue. People with Oribohu already have their water contaminated. By the time you want to fetch water in your house, you find that uh, what you are getting is already contaminated because of the issues arising from the total filling station. At a point, most of the houses along uh, uh, some street behind uh, behind that Akoka, on Lanrewaju Street, uh, this. Uh, Ayotoro Street, most of those houses there were left vacant. People were not ready to come and rent apartments there because of this environmental risk arising from contamination from the ground as a result of the location of that filling station. Now, the landlord or the owners of properties will have lost rent there. Banks 
who have also invested in some properties by giving out collateral or loan facility to some the mortgagor. So some people that borrowed money from the bank, thinking that whatever money or investment or return that is coming from those properties will be the one to be using to service the loan in the bank. And rates are not forthcoming. Uh, prospective tenants are not coming in. Most of the, the properties along that axis are remain, remain vacant because of the water contamination, because of the environmental risk. What do you have to say in that as an housing expert, as an housing production investor? That at times, the location of your properties at times, even though you are trying to look at a, a, a place that is more viable in terms of commercial presence and all of that, they also have their own negative impact. You know, so that's an example of environmental risk. You know, we can also have uh, political risk. And that of political risk, do we get that uh, scenario I just presented? Do you understand it? Yes. Yes. Environment. Yes, sir. Okay. Now we are on. Uh, we have left environmental risk. We are on political risk now. Example of that risk was what I shared with you along that Mapala and Toshagamu exist in local state. When you have lack of support from local community, it becomes a political issue, and that, that is why that before you go into a real estate investment, you try as much as possible to conduct both your feasibility as well as viability studies very, very well. How acceptable is your project legally? How admissible is your project to the community? How economically is your project in terms of viability? How economically is it viable? You must analyze all of this. You look at the physical viability, you look at the economic viability, you look at social viability, you look at legal viability, you look at economic viability, you look at technological viability. All of this you put together and analyze properly and come up with your results. If at the end of the day, your viability result turns positive, yes, you may say that you want to go and invest into those kind of so when you have social issue and that's the example of what you're talking about the issue that has to do with the local community is a social issue you must have factoring you citing an hotel or other businesses in a place that is not zoned for such kind of um, uh, investment it becomes a problem you know where do you have participation of the community but although now most of our community now we sit down and say well let them come in as much as they are going to be responsible socially in terms of providing their social responsibility to the community and that is the problem we are having with uh, the niger data today you know most of them were most of those uh, oil companies were accepted with the intention that uh, social responsibility will be given to the host communities you know, but when the issue of contamination comes in, you know, the number of farmers have issues with their farming, with their agriculture, a number of residents have been displaced, a number of fish farmers have lost their jobs because of water contamination, such that those social responsibility cannot even meet half of, of what they have lost. So if your investment is not locally accepted, you know, is a problem, and that's a political problem, you know, 
We can have government experiences. They can have experience of the type of development. You can also have the ability to manage your development, even though amidst all these political crises, we have that as a problem. Now, we have market risk as another type of risk. And this type of risk, you have locational issues as part of your market risk. If your real estate investment is not cited where it can be marketed easily, maybe you have road network issues, you don't have the expected infrastructure put in place, you know, it becomes a, a, a moribund project, a project that will not see the light of the day because of the market risk. You can even have a diversification of portfolio. If you are looking at residential investment, all of a sudden you turn into an industrial because you feel that some white investors are coming. Have you taken into consciousness the, 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 the number of years of duration those rights will be coming to, to stay in that axis. Some people will not analyze their market risk very well. They will not conduct the kind of research that is expected of them very well, and it becomes a problem. Then we also have what you call title risk. Title risk. Land title problems. Encumbrances. You can place the example I, 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 I printed the other time under title risk. All of a sudden, your title that you felt that you bought with CFO, with consent, that your lawyer in title has conducted search on and he gave you a positive uh, report, all of a sudden it turns out that the CFO that you have with you is also having problems, also having issues. And what I mean by this is that there are some CFOs today that can get void because probably the roots of title is void ab initio. You may not pass through the right family for your title uh, CFO to be processed. And at the end of the day, you go to law court, and the law court will tell you that there's an issue with the title that you have. Probably a particular family has gotten a supreme judgment and against the family that you bought from, or against the family that your title was processed on. We can have that problem. We can even have an issue of double allocation whereby the same government will allocate the same land to two, two or three uh, different people. It's also an issue. It's also a risk issue, you know. So that is, those terms are what you call the title problem issues. Then we also have what you call the physical risk. When you talk of difficulty in terms of land form, existing improvement, and all of that. Those are physical issues. We also have what you call feasibility risk issue, assumptions. Most of the analysis that we do today in Nigeria by real estate experts or valuers are based on mere assumptions. We don't have valid data. We don't have valid figure. How many valuers or how many real estate experts are even taking into consideration an aspect of inflation risk, an aspect of inflation that has taken place in the last 10 years and the projection into the next five years? Most of the assumptions, most of the transactions that we do are not based on past indices. We are not looking at time series of events that are past. We are not looking into the future to project into the possible things that may affect inflation. You know, part of the reasons why we are having inflation so hit uh, to the tune of about 13 point something or 14 something now, uh, as at uh, last, uh, was it okay, as at early March, you know, those are issues that we don't take into consideration. Feasibility risk, assumptions of financial performances, risk analysis, 
Then we also have what you call infrastructure risk, availability of services, water, traffic, social infrastructure. All of these are social uh, are, are infrastructure risk. We also have what you call acquisition time risk. Your ability to negotiate adjustment of mechanisms of price and condition, I've also mentioned this before now, it's also part of the risk that, that we may be considering. Then we have what you call the financial risk, you know, using appropriate funding facilities. Most of our investors in the countries, or in the there is no way you want to go into commercial lending or commercial mortgage. Any commercial bank in Nigeria today will not give you their rates less than 25%. And that is the least, the minimum you can have. And now you tell me, how can you match it for an investment that is long-term in nature, an investment that is not certain, an investment that you cannot say that the, the, the tenant will pay you rent as and when due? You know, how can you match up that kind of uh, uh, going to, to, to commercial banks to collect loan, to develop real estate? It is not done. If you have a massive estate to develop, go outside the country and obtain a single-digit uh, interest rate for you to achieve your your investment uh, uh, plan. Then we also have the legal risk, where you have tax documentation, lease and purchase. We have the legal risk. Then we have the construction staging risk. You know, at every stage of a construction, you have so many risks that can affect you, uh, which will cause you time delays. It will cost you, you can have weather issues, you can have cost increase, you know, as a result of uh, increase in uh, material, cost of materials. You know, all of this, you can even have a problem of unexpected design or a poor design. You can have issues with builders, solvency of the builder. Probably you have engaged a particular company to go ahead with the project. Then we have those are the construction. We even have post-construction issues, you know, risk. You know, where we have change in market value. A number of properties on the island or in the eyebrow and Victoria Island, Lekki and the rest of them, 2011, when the family was asking the vacant property, but today, go there. You have so many properties in the market are waiting let's see, are waiting prospective buyers to come and buy. They are there today because how many experts or expatriates are in the country today? Most of them have gone out of Nigeria because of the coronavirus and some other uh, unfavorable economic uh, uh, crisis that we are, we are having today. It has led so many of those uh, uh, high-rise buildings or all those uh, well-built apartments to be vacant today. And those are post-construction risks that we can also talk of. A number of uh, uh, apartments are being charged in dollars then. But today, a number of them have resulted to be charging in Naira value today. I experienced it. I was once with a bank, and I know the, uh, the kind of money that we put into, into renting apartment for our expatriates then. You know, those are issues that um, comes with um, a risk issue. So, so many things to discuss. Risk. One less we have a class, so I want to be next to you. Should be fine for me. I'm going to discuss your class government before then. 
we can be talking of how we can measure and communicate risk in housing production, how we can measure and how we can communicate or report uh, risk in housing investment. So all of this, please, I want us to go back and make sure that uh, we will reach as much as we can around risk uncertainty, around risk identification, around risk reporting, around risk management, around risk as you know, include to our individual realistic practice and how we can also So, um, our employer and uh, be an investor as much as possible to take it very seriously, you know, because there's no clients that wants to rely on your judgment, they want to rely on your expertise, they want to rely on your knowledge that you have more than them for them to commit their investment in your hands and how best and how fast you have in terms of analyzing, in terms of uh, reporting, in terms of identifying, in terms of classifying, in terms of managing their investments, that they will have the absolute trust in you and also let you have some reference, you know, later in life. Thank you, class governor. Thank you, everyone. And I want to leave the next few minutes for questioning or uh, suggestion regarding this class. And uh, then from there, we, we can call it off. And then call it a day. Thank you. I want to leave the class open. Um, well, thank you for the lectures. Uh, we are very grateful. Uh, class, please, do we have questions? Okay, good evening, class. Well, I, um, I would like to give um, Dr. Alabi's indulgence if we can actually make use of a different app aside Zoom because I really found it difficult during the course of the class to get um, your words or so if we can make use of an alternative for the next classes so we can all benefit fully from the classes forward, it's okay it's okay i want to leave that to the class to determine that and um, i will want to also put, say that uh, i will migrate to whatever platform you want to take me to it's okay so the class governor please over to you no problem thank you sir i damn it that if we are going to have class uh, next, we are going to be making use of a Google Zoom, sir. And we, I will invite you, I will send the invite to you. Whenever we start, I will go have it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Our assignments are, when are we submitting and what is the mode of submission, sir? Uh, the mode of submission is going to be via email. I'm going to send my email to your class governor. And I expect that as assignment to be submitted by next week. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Um, during the course of the class, um, you said something about a CEO being void. I I didn't get that aspect. I didn't get the explanation you posed to us. That what can make a CEO void? I okay. that, that, that. So, many, so many things can make a CEO void. If you have